welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts, the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussein. My name is Phoebe. Uh, and this week on our free episode, we are joined by friend of the show, uh, someone who's a very good writer, someone who's like writing we read quite a lot when we're sort of thinking about subjects on the show. Uh, we are joined by Rebecca Jennings. Uh, you'll remember Rebecca from all her like her Vox stuff. Um, Rebecca, how's it going? It's going great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. I, 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 we're in the middle of January, but um, you know what? Actually, here's a question just to kick us off. There are a few neighbors of mine. I moved to a new neighborhood fairly recently. There are a few neighbors of mine who still have their Christmas lights and stuff up <laughs> and they still switch it on. Like, it's not like a sort of, oh, we've just sort of left out. They are still doing it. What, what, what like, what's the convention on that? Like, are there any specific rules about when you're supposed to take it down and has it, has it sort of changed and I just haven't been aware of it? I mean, I, I mean, I'm of the opinion, and this is pretty controversial, but I'm of the opinion that we should move Christmas to January 25th. And so there's a longer period of like winter delight, um, because this is really like the deep winter We're in January, (laughs) February, that is when we need the Christmas lights. December is like not that cold anymore. (laughs) at least in New York where I am. Um, and I think we need a little bit of extra time with the fun lights and the joy Um, so I'm very pro keeping Christmas lights up, um, as long as they're not too Christmassy. Like, you know, if you have a wreath or, you know, just lights on, you know, your home that are kind of tasteful and and nice, um, I'm very pro leaving that up till literally February, whatever you want. Um, Mm. but, but I don't know about you. Phoebe, like in your, in your neck of the woods, uh, have you seen similar situations? Have, have there been people who have sort of gone past the prescribed date of when you have to take stuff down and no, have people, continued to no people are people are pretty pretty keen on on taking everything down pretty much like sort of on like either on or before 12th night here mm. um i guess it's because maybe it's because we haven't got that many people who are russian orthodox around here um so I imagine if you go further into kind of West London, you might see more lights. Maybe, yeah, maybe later. I'd, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I don't know. I it's, I think, like, honestly, I think it's a little bit of a tricky one because you definitely like after like after Christmas, you definitely get like a little bit of a kind of weird moment where you like come round. You're like, there's a tree in my house. What the fuck? What's happening? <laughs> how is it? How is this? How has this happened? But also. It's like, I think there's something a bit like melancholy about it being there. And also I have like the most like global case of superstition that anyone has <laughs> ever had. So if someone says, you got to get that, you got to get that tree down, decks got to come down. All of them have got to come down because otherwise it's bad luck. I'm like, yeah, no, that's right. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so all, all ours have, all ours have come down, but I, but I also agree with you, Rebecca, January is so horrible. It would be so nice. <laughs> It would be so nice because the because around around where I live, um, it looked really it looked really beautiful all the way over Christmas because like loads of people mm. were like putting putting like lights in the in like the trees outside their houses and like in their kind of hedges and stuff, and it just like looked like just like so kind of pretty and twinkly, and I would like to see that in January. Yeah, right. <laughs> More li- little lights. <laughs> Maybe someone could come up with some kind of light festival because like i feel like all the light festivals <laughs> they're all in december yeah because like mm. because like in because because in, because in this house because of the because of the number of the number of different um ethnicities and cultural backgrounds that is concentrated in this house we have like three just in this house 
Um, so we've got so we've got Diwali, we've got Hanukkah, and then we've got Christmas. So this is like lights, 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 lights. Everyone's having a great everyone's having a great time. And then January, no, sorry. And when you need up. it. Then they go away. <laughs> exactly. So if anyone has a suggestion for a culture or religion that has their light festival in January, yeah. could you maybe suggest it to me? Because I can add another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, some personal news on my end. Uh, after three months of being locked out of, uh, out of our beloved uh, site x.com, uh, formerly known as Twitter, I have been granted access to my personal account back as of today. It took... It took weeks of emails. Then I just stopped for a while. And then at one point, they sent me another email, which was just... So So the weird thing about it was, even though they locked me out of my account, not because I did anything particularly spicy, but because of a 2FA-related issue. Mm. Um, and one of the 2FA authenticator apps deciding like that they were not only going to boot out my free account, but they were going to make me pay to use it again, but they would have no way of giving me the codes that I would need. Um so after all that time, Twitter sent me like this promotional thing being like, hey, how's our site going? Can you race us? And I was just like, well, I haven't had access to this site for three months. So I, I, I can't really tell you, but I have been sending you stuff for quite a while. And they decided to sort of fix it today. Um, so I logged on. I had 15 DMs. Um, four of them were crypto spam accounts. Uh <laughs> And then a few of them were just like friends of the show, just being like, just sort of sending me things, but not really responding. One of our friends, rather, uh, said, um, like, the fact that you didn't really get very many messages from people, despite the fact that you have over 50,000 followers and, um, you know, are sort of like use this platform quite a lot, does sort of really say that if you did disappear or vanish off the site, no one would care. <laughs> um, and I think that's a good way of like thinking about maybe this is a good way of beginning the discussion because Rebecca, we called you on because um, like as we sort of like look towards 2024, there's a lot of so, you know, and you've documented this in your pieces uh, throughout like you know throughout every year, but I think especially in the past few months where it seemed like there were a lot of shifts happening both in terms of social media platforms and content um, and where where the content was sort of going. Um, so why don't we start off with X? Because I guess my personal experience of it, um, having been locked out and having trying to deal with like their weird bureaucracy, does sort of speak to this idea that like they they are still sort of going down this managed a, a sort of route of managed decline. But I do wonder whether part of their response to me um, and to other and to a few other people whose accounts have been locked out. Um, and the fact that they have sort of been a bit more forthright in trying to fix it does is this is this to do with the fact that they are like hemorrhaging users and are they just trying to retain as many as they can? I'm not really sure what's going on, but can you like what are your thoughts on sort of like X going forward into this new in, into the new year? Um, is this the year where it finally dies, or is this the year where like X finally does just become the weird scam app that Elon sort of always wanted it to be? <laughs> That's a great question. I I feel like we've been talking about you know the fall of Twitter for a little over a year now. Now that like you know after Elon Musk took it over, um, and I was sort of ready for it to die. I was like, all right, but like I'm gonna go down with the ship. I'm fully addicted. Um, I love Twitter, and what has really struck me is that uh, how much I still love it and how much I find the for you tab on Twitter just really funny and good. Um, <laughs> I think the wor I mean, the worst thing to happen was the verification stuff like that made it like really, really unusable. And for a while, I was definitely getting a lot of like spam messages. Um, and, you know, just crap, like, whatever, just made it difficult to use in all these different ways. Um, 
but <laughs> I don't know. Like it's not as bad as I think people are saying it is. <laughs> and I know that's not like a good thing to say because I'm not like supportive of this horrible reign of terror um, that he's clearly inflicting on this company and, you know, and, and everything. But, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just, I think I would miss it so much. I would miss so many jokes. Um, and that's really what I think Twitter is mm. really the only useful thing uh, for Twitter is, is really, really fucking good jokes that you um, would not see anywhere else. You won't see them on threads. You will not see them. You might see them on TikTok, but like you have to like wade through the other shit. Mm. Um, you won't see them on like that's where else are you going to see jokes like the ones you see on Twitter? I don't know. I wish I knew because I would go there. Like it, like it, like it, like it is right. Like because I forgot to reactivate my Twitter, it's now gone. So I no. am complete. I am completely free. Uh, I'm completely free of it. And the all and like all I see of it is people talking in this like kind of sort of medieval mid fan like kind of medieval style mid fantasy way about it now so they call it the other place and it's like can you pull yourself together with the calling <laughs> it the other place so you, it, like you spent like 10 years of your life on that thing what it wasn't the other place then it's always been the other place um but the but i still see well, i still see anything which is like really good or funny because people just people just still send it to me which mm -hmm. i know is like not a kind of perfect perfect way of of seeing stuff because you're kind of relying on somebody else's curation but also anything which is like really really funny ends up as part of a kind of content aggregator thing and mm. ends up on and ends up on instagram or somewhere else mm. and also there are quite a lot of people who still think of themselves as a kind of one person one person brand or one person organization so if they think they've some, they've done something really really good they just put it everywhere so you're gonna see it. So you're gonna see it. If it's like, a, if it's a really, if it's like, if it's a joke that really, really slaps, you will, you will see it, even if you're mm. not specifically looking at Twitter. So it's like, so I kind of think of it now these days as because I'm not particularly interested in seeing people um, behave the way they do on Twitter anymore. To be, <laughs> it's very to be fair. honest with you, no, it's so it's very fair. Like I said, it's only useful for jokes, and you're yeah. right that like so much of it gets cross posted on Instagram, like by meme accounts. But like I, when I see like a good joke, I want to see what the other freaks are saying underneath it. I want to see what the quote tweets are. I want to mm. see like every riff that people that I've known from Twitter, like people that I have followed for you know ten years, whatever, what they're saying about it, and that. I, I've yet to see it be replaced, but uh, yeah, but no, I no. I do that's, applaud your not being on Twitter because I think that's, that's probably that's, a great choice. That's like that's that's absolutely right as well because if you look <laughs> at like if you look at the comments on an Instagram on like a meme account on Instagram, you're just like, how are you people like alive? How are you? How have you not been hit by a car crossing a road? It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. It's, it's a, a joke. It's a, it's a it's a it's a goddamn joke. Um, <laughs> And there, and I think there is a nice there's a there's 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 a nice feeling of being able to see it as like organic source. But I but I suppose the way I think of it now is like that like you know I'm like I'm getting old. I can't stare at an eclipse anymore. I've got to look at an <laughs> eclipse through like one of those like special like reflect like kind of <laughs> reflecty glass things mm. in order to protect my eyes. 
So that's what I see the Instagram meme account. (laughs) I love that analogy. (laughs) Special lenses. So I'm not looking directly into the eclipse. Because I think that, I think that's, this is a really interesting part of it too, in terms of my interactions with Twitter beyond the sort of podcast account, which like I have sort of been off and on with. Um, most of the interactions have sort of been through like Instagram, like Instagram accounts collating tweets. Um, and like, yeah, some of them are, some of them are really fun. But the question that I always had was like, now that we are sort of now, now that I think there is an awareness of cross pollination, I do wonder to a certain extent, like how many people who are sort of like posting funny stuff on Twitter are actually doing it for a different audience? Like how many of them are doing it sort of consciously knowing that like, if it like pops enough it will end up on like an Instagram like funny page or something. And that probably will be like much more lucrative. To me, that seems really interesting because like there was like a version of Twitter X where the humor would be for like a Twitter audience and like that would be sort of where all the really fun quote tweets would happen. Like, you know, those moments. And now the fact that that doesn't really happen so much. And so these funny tweets that do exist and like um, are still being posted get done so on Instagram, whether I feel like there is this sort of almost this tension between um, the poster on Twitter who like can knows that there is an audience that sort of exists outside of it that'll probably be, be much more receptive to that kind of humor, but also Instagram curator accounts for whom like it is an incredibly, or it is much more lucrative to just basically collect these posts in order to sort of build up their account. I guess like the, the sort of more succinct question is like, what is the relationship now between like humor on Twitter and other platforms uh, from your views and observations? I mean, I think like in terms of the, like the, the Instagram one is so much more labor than the Twitter one. Like obviously you have to be really funny to make good jokes, but like you you make the joke and then you fire it off and then it's done. When it comes to like Instagram, like anyone who's ever tried to run some kind of like social account knows how much, annoying bullshit work that takes like the screenshotting and then the caption and then like you have to make like the carousel and like I don't know I I, th- I find that so much more tedious and so and there you're right that there is a lot more um like it's it's a lot more lucrative to run a successful Instagram account than it is to have a funny Twitter like as much as Elon wants to make Twitter a place where people are making all this money on like tips or whatever it's like that's just not happening in a way like if you're if it's happening it means you're one of these like cre- like creepy like alt right guys who are like this is why I do this like you know like mm-hmm. people pe- normal people aren't spending their money on Twitter basically um and and so I think there is a relationship but I think like I don't think someone who just like fires off funny tweets is thinking monetarily the way that someone on Instagram is um, because the Instagram takes so much more work um, Mm. and, and so much more like you have to like really want it. (laughs) Like if anyone's going to find your Instagram account, like you have to be pretty good at it. Whereas a Twitter, if you have like one viral tweet, like, you know, or if you have one really good tweet, you could go viral, but that's not going to make you famous on Instagram, if a bunch of people find your account, like you could grow like a pretty steady, large following and you could turn that into money. Um, but it just isn't there for Twitter. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think it does answer the question. Um, I think that's, that's really good. It's a, it's a really good way of putting it. I think the other part of it was also just about how humor is sort of changed, um, in terms of like how we interact with it online. So like, uh, and, th- and this is sort of, I, I don't, have like any kind of very clear thoughts on this but i think i could like we can also we also like all recognize what twitter humor was as kind of this unique form of humor um 
And obviously, like, I don't think it necessarily fully translates across platforms, but I do wonder then, Rebecca, you like having spent a lot more time on TikTok than either of us. I do wonder whether like, are, is there like, are there different forms of like unique humor that are sort of organically developing on those types of platforms? I think as you know, in from a user, from a user perspective, I don't really see that kind of like unique humor or that flavor of humor very evident on Instagram. On Facebook, it's sort of is but a lot of it's unintentional i don't think it exists at all on like freds or blue sky but i feel like tiktok is sort of it has kind of developed its own flavor of kind of humor based content which isn't yeah. which isn't the same as twitter but it is unique compared to sort of its other competitor platforms and i wondered whether that sort of suggests anything about how humor online is sort of changing as a result of both platform change and the demographics that are using it yeah, 100%. I think like on TikTok, especially like, let's say on Instagram, so much of it is, I mean, this is so obvious. It's a visual culture. It's like the memes are like funny fonts, like weird, like watermarks, whatever. Like the shit post is how absurd it looks on Twitter. It's how absurd it reads or sounds on TikTok. It is so much to do with the person delivering it. Like you have to have this you have to have like it's the way you look it's the way you speak it's the way you sound it's what you're doing it's i mean what you're saying a little bit but it's like it's so there's so many more things that go into like having a like being funny on tiktok and half of like the people like people just like them it's not that they like what they're saying or or what they're doing or how mm -hmm. they look it's just like oh i just like you as a person it's like all of you um and that's you know that takes a lot more out of you unlike a tweet that's just like I wrote something funny and you probably don't care about who I am or what I look like like I remember like I've, I made a TikTok actually about this but like this woman was making a TikTok about a story that I had written um about God Maddie Healy <laughs> and <laughs> I was and I like I like stitched it for my like you know two TikTok followers I was like see this is why like writers like writers and TikTokers are two completely different breeds because I'm very comfortable right, spewing garbage and posting it online. As long as like my face isn't in it, as long as I don't have to like talk into the camera and pretend to be like, hey guys, so this is what we're doing today. Like it's it's such a different skill. It's such a different yeah. like, like, you know, culture. Uh, it's, a different, it's a different language. Um, and so anytime you have someone who's comfortable with the, with, Twitter's way of doing thing or Instagram's way of doing thing, you see them trying to make a video and it's like the most awkward off thing you've ever seen. And I think like, yes, the people that can do all those things really well are the ones who end up succeeding. Do I think those are the funniest people? No, but they're the ones that like build the TikTok following and get the mm. rewards. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I also feel like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's definitely, like, it's definitely true. If you write, if you write a joke that goes viral, then it ruins your life for several days. If not, if not several weeks, particularly now, it particularly now, everything gets cross-posted and cross-pollinated everywhere. The other day I saw, I saw an, Inst an Instagram screenshot of a Reddit tweet collator with a kind of embedded tweet in it. And it's just like how many different layers of the, <laughs> of the lens are we looking through at this point and it's like but the thing is is if you're if you see it if you see a tweet that's like been cross-posted on reddit or has been screenshotted on instagram you've got to be a really really dedicated loon if you are looking up that person's <laughs> username in order to be a dick about them about that, dick to them about that stupid joke right 
That's like that's a that's a special class. That's a special class of weirdo. It's not just like oh, see it, react. Like it it takes out so it takes out so many it takes out so many levels of it. It's not there's not a kind of one easy kind of quote sort of quote function. So I feel so I feel like you are still if it's just words, you're still quite insulated from people being mm. weird either about what you said or weird to you in a very, very personal way. And then the second you put your actual face <laughs> next to it, um, it sort of t- it sort of turns you into this kind of Schrodinger's person to people <laughs> who might comment on it. So you're like, you are simultaneously much more real as a person who has said this thing, but you are mm-hmm. also not a person at all and they can say anything to you. Yes. And it's also like, there, it's just... I think like I, I'm I'm sometimes can be funny when I write, but like delivering a joke to your phone screen or delivering a joke like to a person like with your whole face and sound there. It's like it's so much more difficult and it just, it just takes a different kind of person. Like you have to be one of those people that are just like kind of naturally funny or natural or like so beautiful that like everyone's like, oh, my God, um, you have to be like so something in a way that you just don't when you're just writing. Um, and I, mm. and I've, I find there's a similar shift. Um, back when Instagram really started prioritizing reels a couple of years ago, all these influencers who are so good at presenting this image, like, yes, they did put their face up there, but they didn't have to like show the camera what they're wearing today and like move around and like edit a video. Yeah. They just were so pissed off that they had to suddenly create videos. And I understand that. Cause I'm like, I'm not built for this. Like, I don't, I don't want to be like a stand-up comedian. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big shift and you see a lot of people who are not very, who like aren't meant to be TikTokers trying to be TikTokers because that's like, what's, what's the best chance of you blowing up and going viral? Yeah. What about like the other sort of, cause like one of the big stories of last year were the first iteration of like the Twitter competitors, like your blue skies and your friends. Um, and in both instances, like I, I don't know whether to necessarily say that all these things didn't work because I think they're still functioning. I mean, one thing I also heard recently was like, for if you if you want your Instagram to like, if you want your Instagram post to sort of like get more traction, you kind of need to use it in conjunction with threads. I'm not sure if that's true or not. It's just like something that I'd heard from someone who is quite is is like fairly sort of like recognizable or like fairly sort of known on Instagram and kind of one of the techniques that they used. Um, but yeah, I wondered whether you had any thoughts on like these sorts of Twitter clones and whether we might see that kind of becoming more like used more frequently or whether this is sort of like whether the sort of medium of sort of text based social media that kind of has come to an end. Yeah, I I mean, I think the best thing I've ever read about Twitter was a tweet that was like, Twitter is good because you can just see like an Outback Steakhouse dishwashers, like high tweet, like that could come up on your feed. Like, and it's the, probably the funniest thing you've ever read. And you're not going to get that on blue sky where the only people are on it are like hosting freaks or like journalists. And I I've been on it a couple of times, but like it's, it's, and it's cool. Like, it's just, but it's, but they're not going to have those Outback steak wash, <laughs> Outback Steakhouse dishwasher <laughs> posts where it's like, who the fuck are you and why are you the funniest person? Um, 
and I'm never going to see you again. And that's okay. Um, Threads is all just people you follow on Instagram. So it's just like a lot of your friends and brands. And those are the people that are the worst tweeters. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so um, I I really had like, I had high hopes for Threads until, you know, you realize it's, it's made by Mark Zuckerberg and and it's very, it's, it's no nudity, like very like hardcore censorship um, for like, you know, respectability or whatever. And that is, that is blasphemous to a true Twitter clone, you know, like you can't have Twitter without, you know, the porn or like Mm. the extreme like chaos in that sense or the extreme like no one should no one is going to make money off of this, but it's really fucking funny. Um, Mm. That stuff you're not really seeing on threads. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I'm not very hopeful. I don't know where um, text social media goes from here and that's why i'm still on twitter sadly yeah yeah i, I, I think i'd probably i'd probably like agree with that um i mean i mean i'm excited to sort of see like where if if like threads and instagram end up having to become more intertwined mm. what that might look like and i wouldn't I, w- I would sort of say that like i think the blue sky thing probably yeah that that was like fun while it's while we were sharing blue sky codes more than actually like using the site yeah. <laughs> um but with like fred sort of seems to sort of be this kind of product which it can be intertwined like in different ways and i think phoebe you mentioned that um on my previous episode but like you can't actually delete your threads without deleting your instagram and so yeah you it's can't. one of those it's things clever. that you're sort of <laughs> so, you're, so you're sort of like automatically enrolled into it and so just by the name like like so many things like you know in the way that we understand tech uh tech products like these aren't things that are necessarily supposed to benefit us or like things that we actually want to use but it's like no it's there it's the only kind of and you have to have it in order to have everything else um, and there's no way of really opting out. Or if you yeah. opt out, then you opt out of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see an Instagram where threads and posts are sort of intertwined. Like, I'm not opposed to that. I think like if I, if everything that I wanted to say or take a picture of or take a video of was all in one place, like, I'm not anti that. Um, mm. it'd be more like, like Weibo, right? Like in China, like that's, yeah. and, and I mean, honestly, it's more like Facebook, <laughs> like early Facebook. Um which again, like I, I don't think that there is something super wrong with that. I'm very pro just like more text-based media for people because we have way too many video platforms and not enough of text. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. I com- I completely agree with you on that one. So that actually leads me to quite seamlessly to my to my next question, which is: Do we think that anyone is gonna try and really kind of crack the nut of of a text-based? platform or do you reckon it's all anything new it's all going to be video um i think there i think there will be small attempts and like you know an app will come out and maybe people will use it for a few months and but i think we're in this stage of culture where we had this huge boom in the early 2010s of of all this kind of smartphone-esque stuff like all, all these all these businesses that came out of the smartphone like all of social media basically um and all these tech companies and then it was like the the um pantheon was sort of cemented it was like okay we got facebook we got twitter we got youtube we got google we got tiktok um and now the door is closed <laughs> like it doesn't seem like there's room for an up and comer like ob- obviously i believe all of these things are monopolies and it's like actually impossible for any new app to kind of come out of nowhere in that, in that sense, like TikTok was kind of a miracle, but, um, but yeah. Uh, 
I don't think that there will be another like really lasting mm. social media app that mm. is text based. No, I think I think you're, I think you're right. What about what about you, Hussein? What's your uh, what's your instinct? Will everything be video? Well, yeah. I mean, I I one of the things I was thinking about only because there is apparently a new advertising campaign for this social media platform that we talked about on the show. I don't know if you remember We Are Eight. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The Rio Ferdinand fronted uh, anti hate. Uh, social media app. Yeah, but didn't, didn't we? You, like, when we actually looked at it. Like we worked out that it's sort that it's just a get that it's just Fiverr, but for influencing. Yes, and also you don't get paid anything. <laughs> and you don't and get that's the whole point of Fiverr signing for up. Like, oh my god, you don't get paid. Yeah, what if you had Fiverr, but you didn't get paid for anything you did? Um, and also, uh, and it's supposed to, to be an like, app adverts that for brands and yes. other people can see them. Oh, wait, is it one of those, like, there's so many apps like that where it's like, hey, you can, like, make your own ad for this brand and maybe you'll get paid if you get the best one. I don't even think, I don't even think he had gotten to that point. It was just sort of like, you're making ads and you're sort of getting, Well, that's what it actually actually was. If you actually looked at, if you actually went into the app and, like, looked at it, that's what, that's what it actually was. It was, it was, uh, you were invited to kind of, like, pitch for a brand's business as, like, a micro, micro-influencer. <laughs> and then if they approved your ad, uh, which presumably, again, like, other people can see, can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, literally, like, that's like a, that's an anxiety nightmare. <laughs> like, I have made, I have made an advert for free and other people can see it. Oh, my God. Um and uh, yeah, and they might pay you, but they might not. Uh, they reserve the they reserve the right not to, and it might be in a very very small amount. But what was weird about it was its marketing because it was marketed as Twitter, but like without the hate and like mm. like Twitter with civilized debate. Imagine if social media could be like a nice place just to like hang out and fronted by by Rio Ferdinand. Um, it was a really interesting choice, just in general. Um, yeah, because he was like a minority. He was like a mi- or he was like an investor, and um, yeah, like he was. Uh, he wanted to sort of. He wanted to be like a football, like a post footballer who was like doing tech investment, and so he invested in this thing, which ended up meaning that he had to like front this this front this project. That I'm not quite sure even he really understood what it was or how it worked. No, it was, but it was like, but it was like because because remember there was a sort of period of time when like all the all the celebs were were talking about NFTs and investing in NFTs yeah, yeah, yeah. and so on. What is, because uh, it suddenly occurred to me, Rebecca, that you don't actually have the context for who Rio Ferdinand is. I don't, he, yeah. Okay, so he's, he's, now, he's, now, he's, now, he's now he's now he's now a sports pundit and uh, sort of TV journalist. And he used to be, and he used to be a professional footballer. And he's like, he is, like, he's widely thought to be one of England's greatest ever players he's like he's like he's he is decorated there is absolutely no reason whatsoever for him to be on billboards saying what if you could have social media without the hate but it turns out that it is fiverr but you don't get paid oh god no that's that's so that's so like giselle bunchen like you know stuff celebrities yeah who like are kind of doing the nft stuff where it's like I'm actually amazing and you should download this shitty scammy app that I'm promoting. Uh, mm. It's, ugh. yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah. The reason I brought up We Are 8 because it was because it vaguely reminded me of like, okay, but the attempts to sort of do this where it's not video first. And I'm not even sure whether We Are 8 is supposed to like be a video um, platform as well. 
But in terms of like video first platform, my my thinking is like in the same way that lots of tech in like lots of tech people sort of just get attracted by like shiny things. Um, video first is always sort of going to be apparent, not because it is lucrative, because again, like we've all gone through the pivot to video things so many times uh, at this point, but it is just like a parody within it within its own parody. Um, but because like TikTok is the sort of shiny new thing on the block, anything that sort of says states that it will want to compete with it, um, I feel. But then at this, I don't know because I guess I guess then the other question is like, does Substack sort of classify as a social media platform? And I think Substack's really interesting in the sense that like obviously it still sort of presents itself as being a newsletter platform and a blogging platform, and it also introduced a kind of weird Twitter esque thing called Substack Community Notes, which I get email notifications of, but I never read them. So I'm not sure whether <laughs> like, right. Okay. So it's not just because like, I, I yeah. maybe if you're like a real Substack head, then maybe you do. Um, but like, I would suggest that maybe that's a text-based platform that's yeah. sort of doing okay. And so maybe, maybe it is this thing about like, okay, we're doing pivot to video, but we're also bringing back like a certain style of blogging and maybe the legacy of Twitter as a sort of text-based app and the way, and then the fact that as we've covered so much on the show, the way that it has changed the way that people write online, it's changed the way that people sort of like communicate with each other, like through the written word online. Whenever I read like Substacks, um, even like non-tech related ones, you can sort of, I, I come out reading, I come out of it where I'm often like, oh, this, like, even if it's like a good piece of writing, I'll often come out thinking like, oh, this is something that, definitely has its type of structure that I would see among like people who were very good at tweeting. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it does sort of feel like, okay, like for people who wanting are still wanting to write stuff online, like Substack kind of provides that provides that platform to do so. And then for everyone else, it's kind of like video first type of content, both in terms of consumption and production. Um, and so I wonder whether it's really just like a contest between those two, like those two, or that, or if TikTok and Substack are sort of like the, uh, I don't know, like those sort of two pillars, I like two kind of pillars of posting. I'm not sure whether yeah. that's even like the right way of re like referencing it, but perhaps. No, I totally agree. And I think it says so much that like when people thought that Twitter was going to go away or just like, you know, overnight just disappear, mm. everyone was just like starting Substacks. Like I I am among them. I yeah. like have a Substack because I was convinced that Twitter would just like be deleted at some point. Yeah. You know, and so I, but it's like that's but that's my that's my lane. I'm a writer. So, yeah. I'm not like um, mm. a video influencer or whatever. So, vi so um, this is another interesting thing to yeah, me. No, I, like, I, did the, I, did exactly, I did exactly the same thing, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And like, and, yeah. and like, and I, the, the problem with Substack, the Substack in t like in terms of it being a kind of text-based social platform is, is you can't really make jokes on it because number one, <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's not really the immediacy, and like, <laughs> like, cause the be like the best jokes you ever make on Twitter are ones that you're just like, oh yeah, that's dumb, yeah. and then you just like, yeah, and you just yeah. kind of, fire, and you just like fire up, yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah. Like, like to this day, this is probably this is a long time ago now, but like to this day, my the, my favorite joke that I ever made on Twitter was saying that I'd finished Moby Dick and I was in, and I was furious that no one had said that they were having a whale of a time and it was like <laughs> the, honestly it was the dumbest thing I could think of and I just <laughs> and I just like flung it and I just like flung it off and it went like semi-viral and then I had like a lot of people like telling me off and I was like, like you know you know this is actually a really good book you know this is actually a really bad and boring book and I was like I haven't read it it's it's <laughs> <laughs> do you see the, the, the whale 
It's because it's about a whale. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try and look for any depth in this joke. That's literally all the joke is. Um, And just like the thought of of like of like a kind of post length like Twitter joke. Just Mm -hmm. that's awful. That's like awful and (laughs) that's awful and horrendous. And I I know there's been a bit of a bit of discussion about uh, Substack's decision. Uh, to kind of cosmetically get rid of some, uh, get rid of some like Nazi accounts, um, but it's very cosmetic. It's like there are like five of them that they've got mm. rid of, and there's still like, and there's still loads of really really fucked up stuff that they're that they're hosting on the kind of on the grounds of freedom of thought, and so there's been a lot of pressure on on writers to leave Substack, uh, which I which I get on a kind of no platforming. On like a like no platform, excuse me, excuse me. On a no platforming argument, I like I like I do, but also I think it's very very noticeable that the same kind of pressure is not applied to people who film themselves. So like that, like you could you could make exactly the same argument to someone who makes a lot of money from YouTube that they should not mm-hmm. be that they should not be accepting money from YouTube because of the sorts of things that YouTube freely makes available. Like if you look at the kind of the landing page for like the average YouTube account, you're going to see some, you're going to see some fucked up stuff. You're going to see some genocide denial. You're going to see some, some like some vaccination stuff. You, You see, you see, you see like, you see a lot of, lot of like dangerous stuff that, um, and that's not in a kind of oh no, people need to be protected from information. More like kind of you you have to make a decision as a culture and a society what stuff should be being treated as legitimate and what stuff shouldn't be being treated as legitimate. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of like really really horrible transphobia on YouTube as well. Yeah. And people can. It's a bit harder to make money out of YouTube these days, but you can still do it. People can make money out of YouTube, and no one is putting no one is putting pressure on YouTubers to to leave the platform. People don't put pressure on TikTokers to uh, to leave the platform. People don't put pressure on uh, on people who who make their money through Instagram Reels. It's it's only it's only writers who are being expected to kind of bear that sort of bear the brunt of there being nowhere to write in a paid mm-hmm. way unless you want to set up your own like personal patreon which has its own issues because there are all sorts of stuff yeah. <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff on patreon as well and and I honestly like I wish I knew what the answer was and I wish I knew what the kind of what the way of remaining true to a kind of system of personal morality, uh, remaining remaining true to a system of kind of of the continued uh, social uh, social intellectual and cultural wellness of a community that matters to you, and also not to have to do the work that you've been doing for a decade, fifteen years, whatever, just for free. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a tough one. In my mind, it's like it's because like, well, theoretically, you know, there's other newsletter platforms that you can go to that have less to do with like discovery when it mm. will versus like, you know, if you're a video maker, it's like you pretty much have to be on YouTube or TikTok. Um, but but yeah, when it comes to money making, it's it's like totally a fair point. And I, I wonder how much of this has to do with the fact that like writers 
are this way. Like we tend to be super nitpicky about things. Uh, you know, like I, I think writers are used to having a lot of control. Um, unlike video makers where lots of things can, you know, change the way a product will look. But with writers, it's like, no, it's just the words. <laughs> like we have, you know, so much control over this stuff. Um, and, and I think there, there's, large community of writers, especially on on Twitter, who are used to like having these sorts of arguments that like there is no right answer, mm-hmm. but you know, they will spend their time having them anyway because it's like <laughs> what else are you gonna talk about? I don't know. What else could what else can you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, Literally. Maybe that, maybe that is just like our job now. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um I also like why while we sort of talk about platforms in the future, I think one thing that sort of crosses and one thing that is sort of present on all these platforms, and I've seen, I think we saw quite a lot over the last year was just like the sort of expansion of like marketing and influencing and so on. Yeah. Um, and like that seems to sort of be like the thing when, when we're sort of paying attention to how these how these platforms sort of develop over time. One of the things that like you point out quite a lot is just like the ways in which like marketing and like advertising manifests on those on on those types of platforms so like you know with twitter it's just you know the fact that they are hemorrhaging mainstream advertisers kind of means that like you just sort of get advertised weirder and weirder stuff um sometimes you don't advertise things at all one of my funny the funniest stories i remember of last year which i i don't know whether we covered it on the show or whether it was just one of our mutual friends telling us but some guy who like took out sponsored ads on twitter just to sort of um complain that he was really sad about his wife divorcing him like there wasn't a point to it there (laughs) wasn't there wasn't there wasn't like really anything it was just like i'm just really sad that she decided to leave me for another person um which is to say that, like, yeah, Twitter advertising is going great. I'm excited to see where that goes in the future. Um, I imagine it'll be it'll be super. Um, but one of the things, rather than sort of talk about what will advertising look like on platforms, one of the pieces that you wrote in November last year was about um, the sort of lies of de-influencing. And I thought this was really, we both thought this was really interesting um, just because it, like, so you write, and I'll ask you to explain, like, you know, some of the things that you were seeing while writing the piece in a second. But from what I understand, the the sort of how you understood de-influencing was um, people who were like conventionally influencers or wannabe influencers, um, rather than sort of advertising particular products that they had been kind of given like contracts or deals to do, they were sort of either saying it was a mixture of either like saying don't buy as much or like don't buy these particular kinds of products. Um, I probably butchered that synopsis, so please like can you tell us like what. Um, like what is meant by de-influencing in the context of your piece and like what yeah. were the stuff you were seeing that I think also tells a story about like what like I think that you know in, in like where platforms are heading but for somewhere like TikTok and you mentioned this in your piece as well that you just have so many people advertising stuff and so much of it is really just advertising where does de-influencing kind of fit into that evolving space yeah I think so so important context is that like as of like 2019 to, like people realize that videos of you kind of raving about a certain product or showing how it worked did really, really, really well on TikTok and contributed to like major spikes in growth. Like if if I had a cleaning product, say that I was that I was showing like, oh my God, like this thing looks so good and like look at me scrub this thing. Um, and that went viral, that would A, get me, the poster, a lot, a lot of followers and a lot of attention. It would also contribute to a spike in sales uh, that would usually go down. Um, but, but it also 
allowed for this kind of effect where it's like, okay, I'm going to try this like spray bottle thing and see if it works for me. And guess what it does? Like, look how great it works for me too. And that like, that adds on the like, this like attention snowball. Um, and then another, like the, the, the inevitable, um, like turn would be that once a product became so unavoidable because people were trying to use it for attention, you would be like, actually, this sucks. And here's a why. And that would get you a lot of attention too. Um, and so it would just start this huge, huge discourse sandwich of like, whether a certain product is worth the money or not. Um, and this would happen over and over and over again for like years. Um, on, on like for the last like four years, basically. Uh, for beauty products, especially, that's like the main the main one, I would say. And cleaning and like any type of like wellness thing, whatever. Um, and then in like 2021, 2022, a there was like some like some backlash to this. And basically people were like, you know how like all of influence or like all of TikTok is just like you need you should buy this new thing. Like, look what mm. look what you should buy. Like maybe like I'm gonna tell you about why that's a problem or why like you actually don't need a stupid Amazon thing for every tiny like problem in your home or like you don't need a special mascara for the top and the bottom of your lashes or something. Um, and, and and a lot of these videos were like really, you know, they were from influencers themselves. Sometimes they were like, Hey, like I've actually realized I've spent way too much money, but from watching TikTok videos and they're just like pressing by, and this is a problem for me. And this is now I'm going to show you like the things that I just like, didn't think it were worth the money, whatever. Um, or like, hey, here's why you feel like you're constantly watching ads on TikTok. This is why, whatever. Uh, and then in the same breath, basically, you got once like de-influencing became a hashtag, um, people were like, okay, so I'm going to de-influence you from buying the mascara that everyone's talking about. Here's the mascara you should actually be buying. And so it defeated the entire point of the like hashtag de-influencing thing where it was like, don't buy this, buy this instead. Or I saw one that was like, here's some products to buy to help you with your overconsumption habits. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not even making this up. Like someone made a video and po pressed post on that, mm. um, which is, which is incredible. Uh, and so I, I wrote this piece about how, um, how it was all a lie, obviously, like, you know, yeah, of course, like the people that re are realizing that they're like, they're, they're posting videos about how they bought too much stuff and how, you know, you don't need to buy everything like those are fine and good, whatever. But like with all things, the moment something becomes a trending hashtag, or the moment enough people are watching or paying attention to a certain thing, that thing will get overrun with ads. And like, that is the way capitalism works. It's the way social media works. It's the way advertising works. Um, and the, one of the communications professors I interviewed for the piece was just like, advertising is inherently imperialistic. Like it will show up wherever people are. Um, and so anything that, tr anything that tries to like de or like decel, uh, God, decelerate, uh, the amount of stuff you're buying will eventually, um, turn into its opposite. And so, yeah, that is, that is de-influencing. Mm. It's very creepy as an idea. <laughs> it is. It's, it's like it's just like it's like it's just super creepy. Uh, something that I've noticed that has gone alongside with 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 the kind of de-influencing trend because it is just a trend, uh, mm. and it's and it's still an advertising trend because influencing is just advertising. Yeah. And something that I've noticed going along with it is, um, the, I think it's supposed to be a kind of push to. Uh, 
influence your authenticity or mm-hmm. or to kind of regain the relatability that they that they got when they were just making videos of themselves walking around or doing their makeup or whatever or or playing a video game or doing their workout or just whatever it was that has like put them into the public eye in the first place like the kind of the ready-made influencer is a more recent phenomenon i think and we were talking about this a bit last week with clive how like if you are an influencer because you have been on a reality tv show that's like that's different from that's a kind of different way of clawing away into the kind of the influencer influencer space because you have this kind of ready-made uh ready-made sort of trad media audience um who are just kind of following you over to a new platform basically um but something that i've noticed a lot is this kind of and it's it's so interesting that even now you're getting people saying social media is someone's highlights reel you don't know what someone's going through in real life. It's like, oh yeah, okay, no, cool. Um, is there a mascara that I can buy about about that? <laughs> maybe um, about how I don't know what's going on in your life. No, I don't. I should know what's going on in your life. I don't know you. Um, <laughs> and they and then they do this kind of thing of saying, so my last reel didn't do well, and <laughs> it's just really disheartening when you work work on. Um, work on your content just like so hard and then Instagram hides it or TikTok, or TikTok deprioritizes it so I would just really love it if you my community could, <laughs> could just give it some love and the next day this fucker is going on another holiday and <laughs> and you're like can you imagine <laughs> in most in most jobs approaching your manager and being like yeah you see um <clears throat> I didn't feel like I got enough love my spreadsheet. <laughs> I didn't feel like I, 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 I chopped that tree right down so cleanly and nobody, nobody even paid for me to go on holiday to Vietnam afterwards. So I'm going to, I just, I just sometimes feel I just want to quit. I just want to quit. <laughs> and so that, and that's something that feels like it's very much like going on, uh, going on kind of alongside the influencing. So mm. it's a kind of, it's a kind of like simulacrum of uh, of a particular kind of mental health struggle, just like de-influencing is like a kind of simulacrum of anti-capitalism. It like ha- it has like some of the some of the aesthetic markers of it and some of the kind of the signposts, but actually it has no no real foundation and no real core. And I would, and I'm, and I'm always saying this. Like, I, do, I would have so much more respect for anybody who is in the influencer economy if they're just like, I'm a salesperson. I am like yeah. somebody who you would see standing in a shop. I'm just better paid than someone <laughs> who you see standing in a shop trying to spray you with perfume. I don't give, a, is, I don't give a shit. I am paid by these brands <laughs> to say this. <laughs> which I mean, which I find so ironic because there was a whole section in in my piece about how like. Tech platforms love regular people because they are such good salespeople. And because if an influencer calls themselves a salesperson or even a professional influencer, which is the same thing as being a salesperson, like that is professionalizing the space that's supposed to be from these really genuine, really authentic salespeople that kind of don't even really know what they're doing. Like when you make a video just trying to go viral of like you trying the viral mascara or whatever, that's another layer of like, Companies are trying to like make advertisements being like, 
you've heard about this viral dish featuring our product. Don't you want to try it? And it's like, no one was ever, Mm. that was not viral. You are just saying that it was viral so that people think it's a trend that they can now jump on in the hopes that they too will ride on those coattails. And so, so it's just like, you have so many people who like either don't realize that they're being salespeople or are deluding themselves into thinking that they're not. Um, mm. actually being very effective salespeople and like, and it's, it's just so, it's so good for TikTok and Instagram. It is so good for them that everybody wants to sell these things because they get a this, cut of every yeah. sale. And also it helps people get attention. This also just feels like it's a very confusing environment to be in. So like there are lots of places now where like, I think bookshops are like a really good example of this, but there are other places where it's like as seen on TikTok type of stuff. Yeah. And you're kind of like, is this like, was it, was it really seen on TikTok? Like, um, and I think, and I, and I wonder what, and I, and I wonder whether there's a part of it where it's, where it kind of, it doesn't really matter like how viral you go on TikTok. Like partly the problem being like what constitutes virality on TikTok, I'm not entirely mm, like yeah. sure. And I'm, and I'm not sure if like anyone's really entirely yeah. sure about it. Um, but the fact that you can just say that, oh, this was really popular on TikTok can almost like reinforce that point about like, and I think the point that you made that the great thing about TikTok sort of see, and the thing that sort of separates it from other platforms, well, one of the things that separates it from other platforms is that, you just have this abundance of like people, like ordinary looking people who are testing products and being like, yeah, this is great. And this is really amazing. And therefore sort of giving this, this sort of seal of approval authenticity. Um, and so to, to a certain degree, it doesn't really matter. Like sort of traditional forms of like advertiser influencing doesn't like can sometimes or can might even be like counterproductive if you were trying to like sort of sell a consumer product. Yeah. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter how viral you actually go or like how much it actually reaches. You can sort of say that yeah, this like was really popular among a TikTok audience. My my father in law is a really good so my father in law runs a runs a news agent. And um like part of his like convenience store, bodega, like wherever you are, like, you know, um and he like sells like a small batch of toys. And the toys that he gets are from this store that advertise this cash and carry that advertise that like all the products that they have are really popular on Instagram. Sometimes he just gets the weirdest shit. And I'm just like, not like I, how, how, how did this, why was this popular? Where did you sort of see this from? He doesn't know because he doesn't have a TikTok account. But what he says is that like, if you advertise or if you say that, oh, this was like going trending on TikTok, like you will sell quite a lot of it regardless yeah. of like its quality. And I think that's really, it's really interesting as like a phenomenon. Um, because in this case, it's like, it's not really like an influencer as a person who is sort of like making this product something that is popular and worth buying. This is this doesn't feel like influencer marketing in like sort of a traditional sense, but it's more just this idea that like, oh, because this was popular on TikTok and TikTok is sort of, you know, got this huge number of like ordinary people. And as you've mentioned, I think in your piece, but also elsewhere, like where a lot of these people, like a lot of the people like reviewing these products, they are not like, you know, there's this sort of filming it sort of naturally on their phones. There's no like curation. There's no mm. sort of like, you know, very clean edits. In, in fact, like those things make it popular. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if this is making any sense, but I guess the point that I'm trying to get to is that like, I wonder whether the whole like just as seen by TikTok line is enough for something to sort of like sell in the short term and bear, and therefore like this isn't even, you know, this isn't even about quality. It's not even about like, whether someone actually needs something it is really just the idea that as long as it sort of exists on a platform if it gains enough traction if that will translate into sales and 
kind of um, companies like anticipating that like that could happen and therefore sort of going all in on it? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is yes. Like, and I and I I can't remember what it was, but there was someone did like a deep dive into uh, whether this um, product that was claimed to be viral on TikTok was actually viral, and it turns out that. Instead, this company just paid a bunch of like micro influencers to say like, I'm trying the viral whatever. Mm. And those videos (laughs) alone were the only things that people would ever have ever posted about uh, that product. Um, But it was like moderately successful because people saw it as a viral TikTok thing because we're we're getting fed so many of these things these days. Like Mm. so many of these viral TikTok things you know, we've never seen them on our TikTok feed, but, you know, they're probably happening on some corner of TikTok because TikTok yeah. is so, so like decentralized in that way. And so you believe it when someone is like, this is going viral on TikTok and you've never seen it. It's like, OK, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Because why wouldn't you? But now it's yeah. used as a explicit marketing tactic. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think because, yeah, people have this notion that there's all these normal people on TikTok who would never lie to you. And <laughs> this is like, you know, I think I think a lot of people use TikTok as Reddit, where it's like there's yeah. the there's yeah. the original post and then the comments are all sort of like yeah. replies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love this idea of like something being viral from first principles. It's like the same way they do like the NYT bestseller list. It like it just it like <laughs> it like refers to how many copies they've sent out to bookshops, not how many have been bought. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 kind of like it's like a similar thing, and um, I also really like I also really like how there is just like nothing new. There is no new experience or technique under the sun. It's just like reinvention of old things, but mm. it but it's sort of taken in like a, such a different way because like. In the in the dim and distant past, if you saw an advert for something and it had a kind of like as seen on TV, like as seen on QVC, as seen on like a shopping channel, that would be like an automatic assumption that that thing is like, that's like, that's a weirdo product. That's a weirdo <laughs> product w- bought by weirdos. Why do you need to cut through a penny? You don't need to cut through a penny. Like, what? why are you buying this knife that can cut through a penny? Why are you buying this like weird jewelry? Like what, like what's going on? Like, like even like even like really really good like makeup and toiletries and stuff which was which had like a kind of exclusive partnership deal with a shopping channel you'd be like i don't want it i don't want it <laughs> yeah. i know i can buy it in a completely normal way now you can just buy it off the website but there's some, there's the there's the kind of there's the there's this there's this there's the stink of the tv yep. shopping on it yep. but at this this viral tiktok product is the same thing it's the same mechanism but because there's this like complete like sort of this like kind of pantomime of of like of like a community product like a, <laughs> yeah, a true yeah, yeah. crowdsourced product um mm-hmm. never mind that every single brand has like a person who is paid to make sure that this stuff is getting under eyes and every yeah. single brand will have an influencer marketing uh, marketing strategy person and also brands like they save a ton of money doing stuff like this like do you know how much like and like an like an yeah. advert used to cost like compared to like compared to sending an influencer on holiday in exchange for in exchange for a reel or whatever like it's like it's it's, 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 it's pocket change it's all it's all just shopping all of it mm-hmm. is just is yeah. like is, ju- is just is just shopping and like and I don't, I don't know i don't know how you feel about this rebecca but like i'm i am I am such a covetous p- 
person. I just like <laughs> stuff. Like you show me like a thing. I'm just like, I, I, I want that thing. I want it. I want it. <laughs> I, I want that thing. And it like, and that, ma- and that massively like, it contradicts with like my politics. It contradicts yeah. what I'd like to think like my personal morality is. It contradicts with like the future of the planet. But <laughs> But I, I, I want, I want that thing. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and, who among and, us? And I still, and I still see it as bullshit. Like, yeah. If no, I see, I an, if I see an influencer saying they think something's really good, I'm, I am not listening to the review. I'm not reading anything they have to say about it. I'm not listening to anything they have to say about it. It's more just this is like an object which has been brought to my attention, and then maybe yeah. I'll look it up and read reviews elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been kind of um, horrified by my own obsession with this one product that I get. And we didn't talk about TikTok shop, but it's made the whole thing worse. It's this mm. like little widget that they've added over the past like six months or so, um, where you don't even have to leave TikTok in order to buy the product that some random person is selling to you. You can just press on the little shopping cart and you buy it. Um, but there's one thing that I keep getting. It's this lash serum. It's $11. And people are like, look how long my lashes are. And I have like notoriously really short, blonde, thin, flat lashes. <laughs> and I'm je- I'm so heavily considering buying this thing that you put on your face to make hair grow out of your eyes. It's like, this is so fucking unsafe and unregulated and bullshit probably. And yet, because I keep seeing it because TikTok fucking knows. And also one time I searched it. And so then that like destroyed my entire, like you don't search anything on TikTok unless you want that thing to like come up mm-hmm. constantly. Um, and the way that it just has me in a chokehold is really upsetting. Um, yeah. and, I, and I haven't pressed purchase yet. But I know exactly which last room you're talking about. And, like, <laughs> and, I, and I know this is like complete, yeah. like, this is like this very much undermines everything we've been saying. But like, honestly, don't, don't, don't bother. Uh, like, yeah. it's like, if you read like the trust pilot reviews, which, which like, are not bad, like, they're, uh-huh. they're, they're like, but they're, I, I, I wouldn't put that near your eye if I were you. Okay. If you, uh, <laughs> if you, uh, apparently the only thing that actually works is just like pure castor oil, just like rubbing Wait, it. I've heard into, that too. I might try that. Instead of your lashes. Like, like, honestly, you can get it in like massive bulk. It's, it doesn't come in a cute little bottle. This is the problem. Like the number yeah. of, like the number of times, like I have this, like I have this head salt scrub thing. This kind of, mm. it's like sort of part shampoo, part salt scrub. And, I, I don't want to say how much it costs because they saw me coming to be they just they just absolutely saw me coming. Jackdaw, I'm a jackdaw person. And um and my and my partner was like reading the like the, the ingredients and he was like, This is like this is salt and like a binding oil and like some essential oils. You could make this like, yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, but it wouldn't come in the lovely tub. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not gonna make my own salt scrub. Do you, how much time do you think? Do you think I'm gonna live forever and I'm gonna make my own head salt scrub? And he said, Yeah, but what does it do? And I was like, I don't know. It smells <laughs> I don't know what it does. Um, and it's a, it's like a very similar sort of thing. And I think and I wish there was a way I mean, there isn't. There isn't a way to tap into the shiny things, natural jackdaw covetousness of a person without being either socially or environmentally destructive. But I don't really see why I should be expected to buy into the fiction alongside it that the people who work as the intermediaries are in some way working against capitalism. I'm not doing yeah, it. Exactly. I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> just like absolutely not. I'm just not doing it. 
I'm just conscious about time, but there was one question I wanted to ask before we close out, which was also just to do, uh, Rebecca, like your point about the, the quite astute point, I think, about like TikTok uh, shop, like TikTok marketing and TikTok shop and its sort of similarities to Reddit. And it made me think about like search engines and just like one of the big stories about like the past couple of years. And I imagine this probably will get worse this year is just the decline of like how useful conventional search engines are. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke a bit about how like, you know, we're, like personally speaking, when I'm sort of searching for stuff, uh, searching for information on like how to do something, like I will often go to Reddit to go do that. Um, and I'm wondering whether there's like a similar approach to like how people are using TikTok right now um, mm-hmm. in terms of like, are, like as as it sort of becomes more ubiquitous, I wonder whether people aren't, aren't really just using it as a social media platform, especially because I imagine there's so many people who just sort of go on TikTok to sort of consume stuff and they're not really producing anything in the way that you might do with other types of platforms. Like what is like, do you, do we, do we, um, do you kind of see TikTok kind of taking over or at least sort of like encroaching into um, sort of search capacity, like possibly not necessarily replacing Google, but for like many people um, being like the place you go to, to sort of like find out information in a way that like is much more direct or you might get a better answer than you will on the compared to like using search engines, which are just sort of riddled with like ad based ranking systems that just make it quite difficult to, or at least in my opinion, make it quite difficult to like find out anything like you actually want to find out. Yeah. Oh my God. 100%. I, I think there's been a couple of stories about how young people are already doing this. I do this also. Like if you have like a question or, you know, you want to know like what people like, honestly, like a lot of times when something is happening, like some news event, instead of Googling it, um, if it's, if it's not like, if it's too early for, you know, like the times to like write a story or whoever to write a story on it, like I'll go to TikTok and see like what people are saying about it or, um, or, or just things like that where it's like, oh, like I like this artist, like what's their vibe? Like what kind of people listen to them? Like you can search on TikTok, see who's talking about it or like what find out stuff like rumors about them or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think in the sense that like Google and any other like, or Amazon or any like major kind of search engine has been overtaken by, by these really, you know, crappy, uh, crappy SEO or, or ads or whatever. Like it's so much harder to do that via a video. Um, and Mm. so you're so much more likely to find what you want on something that you can't on like, on a platform where some random data company can't just be like, okay, we're going to totally like swamp or like flood, flood the uh, zone with um, anyone who's searching for, you know, Taylor Swift or whatever, we're we're not going to flood that with advertisement for tickets on TikTok because that would require like making all these like normal looking, like authentic looking videos about Mm. people talking about a certain thing, which is way more expensive than just like making a fake SEO blog post that like ChatGPT could do. Um, and then until that we have like mass um, AI tools that can make like videos like this on command, like in the span of a couple of minutes, like I think we're we're safe there for a while. But when that does happen, uh, then TikTok and video platforms will be just like suffer from the same things as Google mm. and Amazon do. Yeah. Mm. Although something that is interesting because that because there always used to be like it used to be like a kind of really good like really good like kind of cheap joke about like how bad like stuff like amazon recommends is yeah um and how it would like always recommend you something that you'd already brought something that you'd already bought Mm -hmm. you know that i see you i see you like i see you like toasters 
Um, How about I'm, five more toasters? Yeah, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that you're not that you not that you want a toaster, but that you are trying to add to your collection of toasters. So here, are some, so here are some more toasters that maybe you might might want to buy. But I think they've they've certainly tweet something that has made it a little bit more sophisticated. And because I, I got a an Amazon recommend email the other day, which was um, which. If they had, if I'd still been on Twitter, I would have posted a little screenshot of it because it was a, because it would have been a, a, a an easy twenty two <laughs> faves, I think. Um, and it was, it was a very um, sobering summing up of my personality in three images. There was um, a, uh, a a, a non pharmaceutical nasal rinse <laughs> kit, um, a book. About the House of Dudley, who were this, who were this kind of 16th century family close to the Tudor court, and a pack of a hundred black satin hair bows. And I was <laughs> like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know?" <laughs> I just, I, I, I hate this. I hate this three-point summarizing of my character, but it's also exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the the stuff. Of, speaking of Taylor Swift, um, uh, the stuff about um, her. There's these AI ads of her doing a Le Creuset giveaway. Um, this came out yesterday, I believe. But there are these really like. I mean, anyone that knows about like what Taylor, who Taylor Swift is and what AI is would know that this is like a deep fake. But it's it's a really good imitation of her voice being like, "Hey, it's Taylor. I'm giving away." XYZ number of Le Creuset cookware, which is obviously like hundreds of dollars of cookware. Um, all you have to do is is whatever. And and there's these ads that are just like everywhere um, on social media. And I think it's just kind of like a, a, a sign of what's to come. Because I think when, when, when I was talking about how like, you know, if there's a way in the future of making a lot of crappy AI or deep fake videos... Um, to flood the zone with like a certain hashtag or, or a certain search uh, term that that will happen, obviously. Um, mm. And that is a, is an example of what we could be seeing. You know, if someone's just mm. trying to search for like Le Creuset or Taylor Swift, like they'll just be flooded with like giveaways for, you know, some scammy thing that doesn't actually give you anything. Mm. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. <Yay>! Well, great, <laughs> great stuff. But also, I would have absolutely joined in with that. I would love some more Lacrosse stuff. <laughs> I, know, I got right? like, I got some Lacrosse mugs uh, when I got married, and it was yeah. Ever since then, I've just I'm, I'm waiting for my next time I can purchase one. So yeah. Uh, so, so next time you see one, of, yeah. Next time you see one of those, like, dude, just drop me a message. It is really <laughs> important. Did I tell you we got a we got a we got a free Lacrosse casserole from the street. Because oh my god! Somebody who Hell lived, yeah! Because somebody who lived on like the next the next road uh, was getting was getting rid of it, and it just like you know when people like leave out like kind of like children's toys and like like oh, horrible yeah. like kind of paperbacks that kind of swelling in the rain. There was just like in the exact same spot that you'd normally find that kind of thing. Was just this was this like proper like casserole style Le Creuset? Amazing! And it was like it was look it was it was a little bit like battered and kind of you know. Like, uh, um, and it had like some like rainwater in it, but like we we're just like, like this, this is this is this is cleanable up. And I was talking to the woman who um who was giving it away, and she said, yeah, yeah, we've just got 
we we just got married and we've just been given like a bunch of new stuff so we're just like getting rid of that one it's like okay you amazing you're, you're a crazy person because it is so easily cleaned up and yeah just like a little bit of a uh, um bartender's friend in it and uh bosh completely usable beautiful yeah great I've, See, so, little, yeah Go this has a happy ending. So happy ending. You are extremely lucky. Um, well, I hope I hope that I find I hope I find some lacrosse on the street. Uh, I hope I'll... everyone does. This is what I want for everyone. <laughs> they all deserve it. Uh, may, it's the world we, of the may, left. May we is, all yeah. the world over find free yeah, lacrosse. It's, it's, it's the world of the, the left won, won if they win. Um, <laughs> on that note, we should probably we should probably end the show. Uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and your wisdom with us as always. Um, we will link the uh, piece about de-influencing in the show notes. But is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, or anything that we haven't spoken about that you'd like people to pay more attention to? Oh, um, no, just just definitely the Le Creuset ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. If you're like someone who works at Le Creuset, like, you know, and you're looking for some sponsored like brand, I will make whatever TikTok advertising content you want if you get me some Le Creuset. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say. Um, no, listen to, re- read, uh, read Rebecca's stuff on Vox, uh, her archive. We'll put that archive in the show notes as well. Um, Phoebe, you've got anything to plug? Um, well, well, I made this whole thing about there being Nazis on Substack, so it feels a bit like self-serving to plug my Substack, but I am going to do it anyway. Um, yeah, subscribe to my Substack. I'm extremely sorry that there is no other way of, at the moment, uh, reasonably being paid for your writing. If there's a better way that like that you can like migrate uh, migrate over to, then you know I'm at I'm absolutely. I am absolutely all ears. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I am not all ears. Don't give me recommendations. One thing we do need to plug, uh, this was a free episode. Thank you for listening to it. If you want to listen to bonus content, uh, we have lots of really good bonus content, actually. Um, then you can do that for five bucks a month. It really helps us do the show. It helps us do it without ads and to stay editorially independent. Also means, means that we don't have to like do TikTok ads. Um, and I'm trying <laughs> to avoid that for as much as I can. Um, before I start like sh- like sharking like weird cleaning products. Um, so yeah, if you can support us on Patreon, please do that. Really appreciate it. Um, but if you have a bit of money and you've sort of uh, can't really subscribe, to, can't really do the Patreon thing, one thing that we would recommend you could do is to donate to uh, Medical Aid for Palestinians. That is in the, uh, that is in the show notes. Uh, and also go to protests if you aren't doing so already and if you can do it. Um, there's, there's been one, there was one like last week, I think there'll be one on the week that this comes out but yeah wherever this protest be it local or like you know national if you can do it or if you can support someone who wants to it, then please consider doing that finally this show is produced by devon follow them at devon underscore on earth listen to kill james bond don't already do that and that's it until next week we'll catch you later bye bye, bye.